Presented here is a free teaser for this month's edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Patreon bonus podcast. Every single month, we release a deep dive on a classic wrestling event as voted on by our supporters on Patreon. It's a true historical deep dive. The only place to hear these shows in full? Join the Patreon page for just $5 per month. The link is right here in the podcast description. Patreon is the best way to support the show. We are confident you will enjoy the content we're offering, all the bonus content over on Patreon. So click that link in the episode description and read all about it over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Nation and enjoy this special free preview. going on everybody hello patrons of top rope nation welcome to another edition of top rope nation classics one we have literally been looking forward to i think at least speaking for myself for years i have been very excited to do this show waiting for july hoping it would win the the poll for the 25th anniversary and now it's actually august as we record this but hey close enough august 2nd there's gonna be two top rope nation classics coming out in august but of course tonight we are talking about In Your House 16, better known as the Canadian Stampede Justin Joint. You ready to go? You got your Canada hat on. What's going on? Hey, I'm ready to represent the greatest crowd in wrestling history. That's right. That's always been my claim. I love this crowd. It gives me strength <laughs> watching it, Kyle. Kyle is cowboy for a day, as Vince McMahon might say. Go on, Kyle. <laughs> Hat not really working with the headphones, uh, but so we'll get rid of that right now. That'll be a brief thing. Maybe I'll put it back on later. But, uh, you know, in regards to waiting, you know, they say good things come to those who wait. Very high hopes uh, for this podcast, Mr. Drosty. Same, same. I, I mean, I've seen this show so many times, specifically yes. the main event. But I had to rewatch it in full. And then when I got to that main event, I just tweeted it out. I mean, it just gives me goosebumps watching it still. I've seen it dozens of times and can't wait to talk about it here with, with both of you. And thank We're you. We're literally all hanging our... off the rafters. Is that what you said <laughs> a moment ago? The gorilla monsoonism? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and thank you, of course, to all the patrons who make these shows possible each and every month. We say it all the time, but it is true. Top Rope Nation Classics is my favorite thing to record. Um, and so we wouldn't be doing this without all of you. So thank you for the support. And a uh, tip of the uh, cowboy hat, I suppose, to our patrons. Just again, I mean, these guys have done uh, just a hell of a job with the voting here in 2022 of our Lord. Uh, this is probably the seventh show in a row. Well, I know it's the seventh show in a row that we've done for Top Nation Classic, but the all A shows. I mean, how about some of the names we've gone through in the archives? Let's do the hit list. Rumble 92, Shytown Rumble 89, Mania 3, Spring Stampede 94, Judgment Day 00, uh, Great American Bash 96, and now Canadian Stampede 97. Ooh, that's Shouldn't a murderous row. Heck yeah. Shouldn't have to mention the year because there was only one, but uh, there you go. <laughs> they are, uh, I guess you could say they're fulfilling all of our fantasies. Well, and uh, <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. Justin, what were you doing the summer of 97? Um, well, I think just 
working and hanging out with friends, watching wrestling as much as I could. I, you know, I, I was really into this, uh, Bret Hart and Stone Cold feud and the entire angle just had my head in knots because Brett was my favorite, but he was basically telling me I was a piece of shit every week. So, because <laughs> I'm an American. <laughs> but then everything he was saying just kind of rang true in your head, right? You're like, God, he's right about that. He's yeah. Right about and a lot of the things he said are still true about the country yeah. today, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Summer of 97, you know, love and wrestling, you know, I think every time we talk 97, we we're all in agreement. This was the height of our uh, channel mm-hmm. flipping times Absolutely. on Monday nights. You know, chasing mm-hmm. the muff around. <laughs> hey, you were going. What you were going into your senior year, weren't you? Yes. Did you graduate in '98? So you're going to your senior I year. I did. I was already going my senior year. I had that one written down for you, Justin. I knew I'd get a big laugh out of you. Yeah. <laughs> the days of confused reference. All right, people, oh, yeah. get off my back. <laughs> Great movie. I'm pretty sure. I think Justin told the story about the summer of 97 back on our SummerSlam 97 classics. So you can check the archive for that because we did review that show already, which is, of course, the month after this one. Entertaining story. But uh, yeah, I mean, what more can be said? We've talked about 97 a lot. All of our longtime listeners know, of course, the patrons know. We love this year. Big fans of the Hart Foundation and what was going on with the WWF at the time. I can actually remember listening through the fuzz of the pay-per-view that night you know like today if i would have been an adult you know these shows were only what 20 bucks at the time the two hour in your houses i probably would have ordered it but since i was a teenager i needed my parents permission to do so and we would have to rent the cable box so i I couldn't do it that night i had ordered king of the ring the month before told that story on the (laughs) pod before Mm -hmm. wish i would have waited a month and ordered this one instead Um, but you know like nobody really knew going in that this was going to be a great show. Like it was on the horizon. They were going to be in Calgary, but there wasn't a lot big planned. Of course, Sean storming out in early June, you know, changed the dynamic a little bit. Ahmed Johnson was supposed to wrestle the undertaker. We'll probably talk about that. He got injured not long before the show. They had to shuffle the card a little bit, but coming out of it, it turns into being one of the great pay-per-views in company history, certainly to that point in time, Kyle. So you agreeing? Yeah, absolutely. Lots to unpack there. You you hit on some points I was going to, so I'm just going to bounce right off you. Um, you know, you, you talk about watching through the fuzz back in the summer of 97. Uh, you know, if only we had the current WWE production uh, crew running things, you would just be able to get recaps all throughout the night on Raw. It would just be, it basically <laughs> felt like you ordered the show. Yeah. To, why why did we have these this that going on when we were teenagers? And All they showed us was things. still photographs. Yeah, and that was like the coolest thing is somebody mm-hmm. who didn't order most of the paper. A like, glimpse of what it looked like. Yeah, but, um, you know, it's interesting w- what you just talked about because when you're watching this sh- show back, just the show in a vacuum, it feels like it's got this great build, right? The video package at the top is great and before the match is great. But, you know, going back and looking at the newsletters, what Dave and Wade were writing in the weeks leading up to the event. And what I myself remember, I don't remember a great build on television for this show. And it was something like, okay, they mentioned the 10 man and you mentioned a lot of the changes. We'll go through them uh, over the next, you know, two hours or whatever. But, you know, it happened. And then like, they didn't really talk about it a lot. I mean, it was an in your house. So, you know, those were not, those were just sort of treated like whatever, but 
I don't think I saw this show until like a year later. Ordered it off eBay for sure. And, um, but, but yeah, you know, it was voted best major show of the year in the observer. So, and I don't think Justin, you mentioned earlier about the crowd and where that ranks tippy top all time uh, for you, WWF. I think what helps this show legacy so much is until probably Money in the Bank in Chicago with Cena and Punk, there was nothing to compare to this show in the pantheon of WWF history. You know, it's almost as if it's a good thing for WWF to recognize people's hometowns and build to big shows (laughs) at those places. Who could imagine that that would be successful? I mean, yeah. Now, you can't always get the dynamic with Bret Hart no. in Canada, specifically Alberta, but you're right. I mean, it just it shows that, like, why not take the layup, sports fans? And I think I will speak for both of you, too, on this point as well. How about four matches in a one-hour, 48-minute runtime? <laughs> this I mean, is beautiful. I, can, I, can I thank our patrons again for choosing this? It felt so great. I watched it this morning. I wasn't worried at all. Um, I mean, I've obviously seen it like, you know, 30 or 40 times, but you know, what's one more. And like I said, (laughs) an hour and 48 minutes. This is Mm -hmm. easily my favorite NXT takeover of all time. (laughs) And you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was, I was like, I would steal this format for TV. Totally. If I'm Tony Khan, like a big multi-man match to main event, maybe in someone's hometown that feels like a big deal, you know, Mm -hmm. you have an, an undercard feud that ends in a wild brawl. Let's import some international talent for the fuck of it, you know, and showcase (laughs) them a title match that maybe shouldn't be on a pay-per-view, but you can put on. I've said it once. I'm going to say it a thousand times. If I was a booker of a major, all I would do is steal old things that work. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? I mean, it. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree with you. Live at the Saddle Dome in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, for In Your House 16 Canadian Stampede. We've got 12,151 people in the building that night. That was a paid number of 10,974. They they drew a $229,598 gate, according to Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Sold $65,000 in merchandise. Uh, It was the... Third biggest house, I believe, in the history of Calgary wrestling. There was a couple house shows in like the late 80s or early 90s. I think they did slightly more than that. But they didn't have a crowd. Or I, I guess they weren't televised. I don't know for sure. But I have to imagine, Kyle, the crowd wasn't as good as they were at Canadian Stampede. They weren't as hot as they were that night. Yeah, I actually just happen to have the, the Observer up right now. Uh, it was a 91 show uh, headlined by Hogan and Slaughter and Warrior and Undertaker. So, uh <laughs> Interesting, as I know from breaking that year down with Liam, usually those were headlining different shows. Um, so that they, they really beefed it up for the Pacific Northwest. And then 87 uh, is the record holder with Hogan Bundy. So hmm. uh, There you go. Yeah. Um, the gate and the merchandise number were the number one uh, record in the history of Canada wrestling. Of course, we're going to talk about this later on, but you know, the history of, of Calgary's 
wrestling territory with the hearts and everything. They weren't running this building. So they were running a smaller venue over at the pavilion, but uh, you know, they had some hot crowds for a long time and saw some wrestling that was way ahead of its time going back to the 1970s. So you got definitely a smart crowd there. And the Saddle Dome, that they built that for the 88 Olympics, right? Or that at least was like the Sounds host building right. for the 88 Olympics. I don't know if it was built. Look at that. Yeah, I believe there was like one uh calgary wrestling show there with stampede wrestling at one point in time i think i read doing the research today but uh nothing like super of note it was in 83 83 okay yeah i mean it's like the last days of the original stampede before they redid the whole thing and it was built in mind too for those uh 88 olympics yeah makes sense makes sense uh, how did the show do on pay-per-view? Well, it did a 0.59 buy rate, which was, according to WrestleNomics, probably about 171,000 buys, which was better than the King of the Ring, which is, you know, one of their big five shows. So that's a big win, especially considering, as we talked about, I mean, from my recollection, there wasn't a ton of hype going into this show, but you did know in, in the back of your mind it was the Hearts homecoming. So I guess that's what would draw your interest a little bit. Once they announced the 10-man there late, that would... That would get you into it. Um, and I, it was I the, was re- yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, that was the best in-your-house buy rate that they, that they had done since in-your-house six in February of 1996. And it was the number one pay-per-view drawing in-your-house of 97, except for Bad Blood, which had the first hell in a cell. It outdrew every other uh, in-your-house that year, including the DX one in, in December of 97. Well, that show sucked, and now I can delete a note because I was going to say that exact thing about it being oh. <laughs> the highest drawing in your house since your house six. <laughs> Is it like we've been doing this show six years together yeah. or something, Kyle? We can you know exactly the kind of the facts we're going to be going for here. That, that was on my format sheet, Tony. I will <laughs> add, uh, this was the final two hour in your house. Earlier, we were, uh, you know, uh, certainly very excited about the runtime of this show. And uh, this will be the last time they did it. Ground zero, they went three hours, and then all in your houses for three hours uh, following that. And then and, they raised uh, the price, right? Twenty nine ninety five upped it and yeah. still did and pretty they, good. And all of a sudden, they had a big influx of cash coming in, and Vince is like to Brett, you know, by the way, I can afford your contract now, but it was too late at that point. Yeah. Go I'm ahead, kinda, just. just kind of shocked that it had that big of a buy rate because as we – we briefly talked about the beginning coming in. The build wasn't all that great. If you just look at the card on paper and it's, you know, it, it's a brand new feud to start things off. It's followed by, you know, two guys that the WWF crowd doesn't really know. And then like, I, don't, I mean, it's certainly unheard of outside of Survivor Series to have a pay-per-view headlined by a multi-man match. Um, so, yeah, I'm shocked here. Then I'm wondering, were they doing where you could still buy after the fact, like on a Monday or Tuesday by the paper.